0: Unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, You've got the wrong expectation. He said, Silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have I'm going to give you in the name of Jesus Christ. That name changes everything. Of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand. Listen, there's so many teachings in this right here you could teach on. Man, I mean, I, I could preach for days on this. And he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles. Now I want you to see something. When Peter said in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, there was power there. But he had to reach down in faith and know that name worked before the strength came into his ankles and his bones. There's something about we have to respond in faith. It's more than just saying in the name of Jesus. It's understanding what authority you speak when you speak in the name of Jesus, and there's action to it. Amen? And that's not my sermon or not, but that teaches a lot right there. Verse 8, And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. This man could have never been in that temple before, walking and leaping and praising God. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy. We thank You for Your anointing that we feel here because, Lord, Your anointing breaks the yokes of bondage. I pray that You open up our hearts, God, like only You can. God, I pray that if there's any unrighteousness or any sin in my life or any of the people, we ask You, forgive us, Lord. Have mercy on us, O God. Remember we're flesh and give us strength and help us in this time of need. We'll thank You. We'll give You the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at verse 1. I just want to break through these eight verses tonight. It says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. So the first thing, when I look around, I've gotten today where I even kind of wanted to just take my Facebook and social media pages and just throw them in the garbage. And emotional overload and and so much. I, I saw so many people. They're so... Confused about what's going on and I see people scared and I see people I don't know how to do this and that listen to me we as the church we should never operate from a place of fear amen we are salt we are light we are the peacemakers we're the ones that bring peace but I want to show you this we will never impact the world until we have they were going up together in the temple at the hour of prayer now I want you to see something about this if it's most modern Christians today, before they performed a miracle, most of us, let's just say us, I'll put myself right in there, we would need to say, okay, give me a moment, I'm going to need to go have a little prayer time, I'm going to need to get my right mind, I'm going to need to get the spirit flowing, I might need that song to go again, Anna, let's let's talk about, he's, he's going to kick down doors for me, let's get the emotions flowing, but see, these guys, they hadn't been to prayer yet, but it was a part of their life. By the way, just so you know the, the customs of the Jews, as they prayed three times. This was the three o'clock prayer. The ninth hour was three o'clock. This was actually when they performed sacrifices. The reason that he was laying at that temple, that was, the, that was the entrance of really the Gentile entrance, but it doesn't really matter. But he was laying there hoping that they were coming in with all these sacrifices, that he could get some alms and they would have some money or he could get a turtle dove. It was deliberate the reason he was there. So but these guys what I want to show you is their life was established in prayer. I was thinking about Peter and I was thinking about later it when he comes and uh the, an angel comes down and says to Cornelius, "Hey, you need to go find a man named Peter and have him come. He's going to show you some truth because your alms have come up before God and your prayers have come up before God." Where was Peter? He was alone and he was praying. Now listen, this is the Peter that a few months before, he was so filled with God that they would line the streets and his shadow would pass by people and they would be healed. Well, nowadays, if God starts to use people, we want to promote them and get them out. Peter was hidden away and still in prayer at a man named Simon the Tanner's house in an upper room praying. He actually had a vision and knew that they were coming. But that's beside the point. I want to show you, no matter what God used Peter for he always had prayer as part of his life. If we're going to change our world, it's not enough to know that we should pray. Oh, I'm telling you, if you ask every, any Christian you know, should we pray more, they're going to say yes. I hope they would say yes. It's not like there's going to be like a level where you hit 100% for the day in prayer. Like Okay, I hit it. I'm good. I don't need to pray anymore. We need to pray more. But listen, it's got to become, just like them, it's got to become part of our daily life. Some days you're not going to feel like praying. You know, I I was really confused. And it wasn't anything to do with the leadership I was under or the churches I I was at. Nobody explained it to me that prayer is consistency. Prayer, it takes grace. That's why it says in the book of Acts, great grace was on them. I've been praying for our church that God would give us great grace in our private time to seek God, that distractions would be removed. But listen, there are times where I meet with God, I feel nothing. There are no emotions. I'm just there. My mind drifts a million times. And see, when I was growing up, I felt like that meant I was a backslidden sinner. No, it means you're a human person. Meeting God, Corey Tin Boone, one of the greatest women to ever be on the planet, said, how do you conquer life? You make an appointment with God and you keep it. It didn't say you feel like it, you want to. So if you don't have a routine in your life, we live in a generation that we have routines for everything have a routine. I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock and I'm going to go run. I've never understood that, but go ahead and do that. That's that's kind of weird to me, but knock it out. I'm going to get up at this, and I know guys right now, I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock, and for one hour, I'm going to listen to sales podcasts from some of the greatest salesmen, and I'm going to find tea. Listen, that's good. We should have that stuff, but every believer should have a time where we say, at this time, I'm meeting with God. I'm jealous for this time. I'm not going to just haphazardly. That's why our Christian life are so weak and powerless and we're not changing the life of our culture around us because our prayer is not consistent. These guys made an appointment and they were sticking to it. It was the hour of prayer, they were going to be there. Even if it was inconvenient, listen, if you're waiting to pray for convenient times, good luck. I'm glad that I don't just put up with Bethany and Raleigh at convenient times for me. Or I would be living out in some shoot house in the country, and then I'd drive in about every two months, say hello. Maybe y'all don't get what I'm saying, but I get what I'm saying. So it's not about convenience. It's not about convenience. It's about consistency. So there's a reason that it was these two guys. And and this is what I want to go out. Our our world around us is crippled. I was crippled before I found Christ. I couldn't move. I, I didn't have the answer. I didn't have life. wife. I looked for anybody to help me, to satisfy me. I looked for anything that would satisfy me. And that's exactly what this guy does. And he's thinking, hey, I'm just going to get this cheap set. I just thought about this guy. Think about the people around us right now that if we would just get consistent in prayer and really live this, they would really think that God can only give them a dime or give them a dollar, and they could actually get an absolutely new life? If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. I remember when I came down to the altar, I was not expecting anything but a five-dollar bill that night, and I came away with rivers of living water. I came away with eternal life, I came away with power. I came away with a fresh anointing. I came away with the guilt of sin. How about you? It was off me. I was no longer in condemnation. Everything I'd ever done was forgiven. Have we forgotten that God forgave us? There are so many lame people out there. They're looking for us, and they're looking for just a handout. But we really can make a difference. And so you've got Peter and John. Why does he use Peter and John? Everybody knows Peter's the guy of action, even the wrong action. We gotta have some action. Faith without works is dead. Just like I said earlier, and just like the scripture said, listen, I can sit and say the name of Jesus, and Jesus, and Jesus, and sit in this right here, and listen, that's what's happened the last 20 years in the church, we've said, Jesus, oh God reigns, God's good, God's all this, and we've got all our Christianese, and we spew it out, and the world around us is going to pot, wouldn't everybody agree, it's not getting any better out there, as the church sits in our little place and says, oh God's good brother, and then we got the other group that says, all the time, and then they say, all the time, God's good, It's all this weird stuff going on in the church. Do I believe God's good? Oh, yes, He's good. He's better than I even can imagine He is good. But that does no good without action. How crazy would it be if Red's like, yeah, we're going to do this thing called Seca, and I'm going to go preach, and then they call him. Hey, Red, it's 7 o'clock on Saturday. Where are you? (laughs) Brother, God's good. I'm in the bed in Gardendale because I didn't really feel like it. Well, who's going to preach to these gracers? Oh, God's good. God, God's got them. God's, God's good. It doesn't work that way. But so many people live their lives like that way. There has to be some action. You, you, I'll show you my faith in God that He's alive by my works. I'll show you that there's real to this by my works. I do believe that He can save my neighbor. I do believe He can raise up. I do believe He can heal marriages. I do believe... You know, he spoke to me this week and said, hey, you think that everybody is tired of you talking about y'all having that miscarriage and you going through six years of infertility with each other. And that's a lie straight from hell. Every time from now on that I tell you to speak about it, you speak about it. Because you don't know who's going through it. You don't know who's in what level. Remember when you were lost and all you could do was cry and the devil began to tell you God wasn't good? You remember that? Well, there's people that I walked you through that hell for so that you can speak it. And everybody in this room, there are things that you've gone through that the devil's told you to disvalue it. Do not disvalue your testimony. You're still here. You are still standing. God's still good. Take action. You don't have to have a pulpit to tell it from. I'm telling you, I've had more fruit from sitting in a restaurant telling somebody about what God did for me than anywhere else. There's this, this random girl from Facebook that all of a sudden started hitting us up on Messenger. She's going through, she watched our story. And man, we we've encouraged her. She's lost another baby. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. I know when they're just like, I'm so hurt. I'm so empty. I don't know how to do this. And the devil's just kicking your brains in. Listen, we got to get some action. There are people that are laying there. They need you. They need more than your dollar, and I was going to get to that in a second. But listen, the American church right now, you know what we did under that lame man? We would have gone Facebook Live, and we would have said, Seven Mile Ministry just took up $5,000 for the lame man. We bought him the nicest wheelchair we could buy him. Look at this fancy wheelchair. I know where I'm preaching. Y'all aren't shouting, but I know where I am. Check out this fancy. It's a. And he. It's like a rascal. He can push it forward. It's got four-wheel drive tires on it. were we put together. Look how generous we were. That's insanity. That's where we've come. We've just thrown power away. We've thrown the real Bible and the gospel away and said this is what it is. It's doing good deeds. That's not the action I'm talking about. I'm talking about life-changing actions. He didn't need a better wheelchair. He needed new legs. That's why James wrote and said, yeah, you tell him your brother, you see him and he doesn't have, and you just say, hey, be filled and be warm and be good. He said, how dwells the love of God in you? Well, I'll tell you how you get the love of God in you. It's through prayer. It's through being with him. You can never feel what God feels for the lost if we're not with him. I can gauge myself. When I start to lose my compassion for people, I'm too busy." Everybody in here is legitimately busy. (laughs) You could legitimately go to God and be like, I don't know where I'm going to fit you in. I would dare not say that to him because he might show you where you have put things in that he didn't even get asked about. If you think I'm mad, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad, I promise. I know one time this little guy at a church I used to preach at said, why is he so mad, Mike?" I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm, I believe in what I'm saying. I'm not mad at all. We, we've got we've to get past this mindset of like, yeah, here, here's a quarter. Here's, yeah, we did our part. We feel good now. Right? And now you've got the second part of the equation. You've got Peter, who's all about action. Man, his actions were even wrong sometime, but he was going to move. His actions also... I I love Peter, because I don't relate to Paul at all. I I don't. There's nothing in me, and I'm trying to become like, follow him as he follows Christ. I'm trying to follow him. Some of you might relate to Paul real well. Peter is where I usually relate to. Because even after his shadow healed people. Paul rebuked him in front of people for some action he had. And we're not going to go into all that. But he still had some, some problems that God was working out of him, even as Peter, as he wrote the elder. He was still getting worked on by God. That encourages me so much that that's in the Bible. God will work on me until the day I die. <laughs> I love it. Peter's the one going, you hear those guys? They got their mama to go ask who's going to be the greatest. Look at these guys. Why are you going to ask who's the greatest? You know it's me. Can't you see him doing it? He's the one, Lord, I'll die for you. I'm going to die for you. And one little girl, aren't you one of them, cusses, I don't know him. St. Peter, just a couple of hours before they come to get him, pulls out a sword and cuts the guy's ear off. By the way, if you go read that, he was not aiming for the guy's ear. The guy ducked and moved over. He was going to decapitate. I still read that and it amazes me. People say the Bible's boring, and I'm like, then what Bible are you reading? I I mean, these guys crucified Jesus after their buddy's ear gets whacked off, and he just grabs the ear and just puts it back on and keeps walking. Like, at that point in my life, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing anything to that guy. I'm gonna just go home, even if I don't agree with him. I'm gonna go home now. Because that's, go back in that story. It's just amazing when you read it. They said, hey, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He turns around from praying in Gethsemane and says, I am he. And everybody falls down dead because of the power of God in his life. How do you get up? I'm just thinking to myself, this is not some nursery rhyme. These guys were armed, and his power knocks them to the ground. And they get up and still go after him. You're like... I think at that point, I would have just been like, I'm going to leave that here. I'm going to go to Waffle House, and I'll, you guys tell me how that works out. Because that's not going to be me. But it was God's will, and we know why it all happened. I'm not saying that. I just, I just read this stuff, and I'm like, these were real people. They had brains like us, probably a lot smarter because they didn't stare at social media all day. They actually read and did things. I mean, how do you get knocked down by the power of God and then be like, yeah, I think I'm going to go take this guy in to crucify him. You know, I would have been one of those voices they didn't like. I'd have probably been court-martialed from the army because I'd have been like, deuces. So back, back to, so Peter, he walks on the water. I start thinking about that. His action. He's the only person that's absolutely 100% human that's ever walked on water. Now I've read a couple of things where some guys in India got so close to God that they did it. I believe it. Some people don't believe it. I don't care. He says greater works will do than he did. And, and there's reasons behind it. But to, to this date that I know of, Peter's the only one that ever walked on water. He had action. Some good, some bad. Guess what? Sounds a lot like us. we we, we got to get to moving, though. The worst thing we can do is just sit. I, I was thinking today, I wonder what Jesus thinks about us, that we preach a gospel that he died to save us from hell And our response to him is, once a week, maybe twice a week, sitting on a pew. Do you think that's what he had in mind as he hung on the cross and said, It is finished. My grand scheme of my body being broken, the grand plan for all eternity, is I'm going to get some people some really nice pews and a really good air conditioning system and they're gonna come and they're gonna hear about me, and man, it's gonna be wonderful. The coffee's gonna be hazelnut flavored, which I like that, keep that going. They're gonna have it just right. That's his plan. Seriously? I was just thinking that to myself. That's his master plan. I'm gonna be brutally murdered for the sins of the people, and my plan is gonna be they just come and sit. There's no way that's the plan. But I will tell you who the plan is, is the lame people all around here. They're the plan, because guess what? I was that person. I couldn't find hope. Nobody would get me to the right spot. But I found him, because he came to me. And now we got to go to them. Look, so now the second part of this is you have Love. John, so how are we going to change our world? I'm telling you, the first thing is you're going to have to be action. You're going to have, first of all, as a group, you're going to have to have corporate prayer. We're going to have corporate prayer. We're going to have to have individual prayer. You're going to have consistent prayer. Then you're going to have to put some action. But your action is going to have to be driven by real love, John. Look at John. Everybody's sitting around going, who's the traitor? I tend sometimes to be nosy. I'm okay. I've learned the older I get, the more if I'll tell people what I really am, I can pray about it instead of acting like I'm not that way. I'm very nosy. I like to know what's going on around me. It's, I'm guilty. I do. Mostly, you know, I'm, not many guys are like me, but that's okay. I'm proud of I'm nosy. And I'm letting God work on it. I like to know the dirt on people. I get excited about it, and I don't know why, but I tell God, he's changing me but I like it. I like to know the scoop on people. I would have been sitting there right there with the disciples like, Hey, yeah, ask him, ask him. Who's the traitor? I want to know. And so John leans over on him because he's love. He's like, who is it? And he's like, yeah, who dips it? And you know, I would have been the guy going, who's going to dip? Who's going to dip? And John just left on him. We cannot lose the love of him. We can't lose that lean in on him. Listen, there's some movements out there that have gotten so crazy with the lean in on them. They start like taking off clothes and stuff and like bringing bathrobes, And they're like, oh, we're just going to lean on Jesus. Listen, always stick in the middle. (laughs) Stick in the middle. Just, Just trust me. I know what I'm talking about. We, we in the last days, they're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and they're going to start doing all kind of sensual things in the house of God. It gets weird. I could tell you stories. I'm not going to, and if we weren't live streaming, I would tell you some stories, but... I'm not going to, but be careful. We're not talking about coming in here and and physically laying on Jesus in our pajamas and all that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about an attitude of when we come in here that we sit in his presence, because in his presence is fullness of joy, that we do love on him, that we do admire him, that we do take some time to sit before him, that we're not so in an agenda and in a hurry that we come in here that we miss him. My sweet sister came down to the altar today. I have no idea. That's between her and God. But when she came down to the altar today, I felt an unlocking of the Holy Spirit when she obeyed God. She began to worship him. She began to she bowed down before him. She got on her knees during worship and put her hands up in submission. It, it moved. He, he, the atmosphere changed. He responded. See, when John got close to him, he began to speak the secrets that he normally didn't tell. If you really want to get deep with God, it's going to come with getting close to God. It's going to get come to, to just not asking him for anything, even though I know John asked him. But John was always the one he loved. It's Eve refers to himself as the one he loved. He took time with him. You've you got so many sides of worship now. It's become so many things. I hear so many things over the years. Who cares if you don't like the song? Who cares? I've never met a song yet that I couldn't worship God to. That was a worship song. Put that out there. Some churches get kind of weird with that. Yeah, it's magnifying. When I'm in true worship, I don't even hear the song. I'm talking to him. That's like when the radio's in the background and me and Bethany are talking. I'm not listening to Boot Scootin' Boogie. I'm listening to her. Some people get so tripped up. Over, i got to have the right song. i got to have the right this. Who cares? He's here. Don't lose your love for him. Listen, I love them all. Some of y'all wouldn't like my song list. I love the old hymns. I, I'm, I'm like a 90-year-old man when it comes to the old hymns. I can listen to all old hymns all day, every day. And then I can listen to the newest of the new music. Because it's not about the music, it's about him. It's about loving on him. Peter was action. And then he got close to him and fell back in love with him. Why do you think he came to Laodicea? I've got more time, but I'm only going to take four more minutes. Uh, Why do you think he came to the church of the Laodicea and said, hey, you're doing everything right except you've lost your first love? What, What happened? You've lost the love. Listen, I, I, I came to Seven Mile in October from a, a place of in my heart. I had been in the same place for 20 years. I had lost the love. I forgot that you could go to church and actually want to be there. You're like, well, I've never been there. Well, good for you. I'm not talking to you then. That it becomes about everything and politics and elders and boards and all this garbage that you miss the stripped down of it. Just him. I was talking to a good friend of mine, Lucas Eddings. He's about to go to Orlando in a couple of weeks for good. And I was telling him, he was talking to me about me and I said, I'm where I was when you first met me. I'm actually absolutely in love with him. I don't care about anything else but him and what he cares about, which is people. You just got to love. If you've lost it, all you have to do is tell him, I've lost it. I think one of the coolest stories ever in the Bible that you're like, why is that in there? Have you ever read where Jesus was dedicated at the temple? And they go three days and they leave. And three days later, it dawns on them, we've lost Jesus. Jesus. I mean, if Bethany drove up from the church tonight and I was like, hey, where's Raleigh? <laughs> she's like, oh man, I've got pregnancy brain. I don't know where Raleigh is. That, that's, that's terrible. That's like 10 minutes. <laughs> Three days. They lost him. And you're like, why is that story in the Bible? And it jumped off the page at me one day reading. They lost him in the temple. They lost Jesus in the middle of going through the customs. They lost Him in the middle of doing everything right. How many of us have lost Jesus in doing everything right? You're here on a Wednesday night. You know, COVID's supposed to kill everybody, right? You know that, right? You're all, we're all supposed to be dead. We're all crazy. We're enemies of the state for being here and all that weird stuff. But, you know, we, we came. But I don't care if you're here if you've lost Him. He just looked at him and said, go do your first works again. I love some of those worship songs that just says, come rekindle the fire within me. Come put the passion back in me. I'll tell you what happened to me over 20 years at the same place. I saw that I was falling away and losing the love. And the more I felt away, the harder I tried to not let it happen. And the harder I tried to not let it happen, the more I didn't flow in grace. And the more I didn't, uh, the Bible says, don't frustrate the grace of God. And the more I frustrated the grace of God, grace comes to help us. The the less help I got, the more self-righteous I depended on my time, my strength, my ability. And the next thing you know, I'm going through a form of godliness because I'm in a habit. We're not going through that. I know our pastor too well. If you didn't hear Sunday morning, you need to go hear it. Because he drop kicked the wolf that was trying to cause fear in the flock. Thank God for shepherds. I looked over at Bethany and I said, this was a word from the shepherd to the flock. Fear's got to go. We're going to walk in faith and victory. It was one of those sermons where I wish that I could have got up and high-fived him in the middle of it, just be like, keep on, bro. Or like in the football game, pat him on the bottom and say, let's roll, let's go. He was preaching us the truth. So exciting. If you've lost your love, we haven't even gotten past verse one. If, If you've lost your love, there's a song that used to say, I'm sorry, Lord, heart of worship. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it, because it's really all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've made this. It's easy here, because there's so many people you love. It's easy to fall in love with the people and forget about the Jesus of the people. It's easy. You can get excited to come here on Wednesday night, because you get to see everybody. Austin was waiting when I got here, and I love seeing Austin. But it's about Him. And wh- when I get close to Him, my marriage is better. Because I'm hearing for our marriage. When I get close to Him, my job's better. Because I'm hearing Him about my job. When I get close to Him, my worship is better. My admiration is better. Sometimes we just need to... I, just, I feel like just walking up on Sunday and just being like, Everybody Stop hold that cord whatever you're holding even the band take your hands off your instrument and put them up to him and just take a second in this moment and realize the king is here i really wanted to preach about the ladder i'm telling you all but god kept telling me if we're going to impact the world around us we got to get back to prayer we got to get our action going and we got to get his heart again. I don't, I can't do it. Pastor Red can't do it. That's another reason I burned out. You cannot legislate righteousness. Everybody in here, you got to make the decision. Your grandma's not gonna stand with you before God. Your grandpa's not gonna stand with you. Your mom, your dad, your wife. I know so many guys right now that they ride the righteousness of their wife. It is not going to work in heaven. Well, she prays for the family, Lord. I don't know that you're going to want to say that on the day of judgment. Fall back in love with him. It's easy for me to just let Bethany pray. I can go right back to my YouTube videos and tell her, hey, we got a need. I know she's going to pray about it. It's easy. That's not what God requires of me. I've tried to be as real tonight as I can be. Trust me, I feel something stirring in me. A couple weeks, y'all might get the old me. A little bit of a fire. I might be walking up and down on these, these chairs. I've been known to do that before. The Holy Ghost hit me just right. But sometimes I feel like we just need to, like, Wednesday night is like, come to the table and let's just talk for a second. Let's, let's get our grip. Let's get where we are. Let's get our stance. What's our stance? Love. An action. For everybody around us that's crippled, we don't have any money for you, but what we do have will change you. It will change your family. It will alter. I, I, I can't even go into all that. I don't have time. I'm 10 minutes early, but I feel like we should stop. So I want everybody to stand, and normally I just pray and close. I want you, do you know the heart of worship? Cool. I don't want the band. I just want you. We just want you to hear you sing. I just want, we're we're 10 minutes early. That should make everybody really happy. I have a feeling when we're early, God moves better. I want us all to take a second. And as she sings this, just ask the Lord where you are. Don't be scared of Him. One of the coolest stories in the Bible is Genesis 1 2 and 3 4. They sinned, and God shows up, and they hid from God. You can't hide from God. And they hid, and he said, where are you? Like he didn't know. He needed Adam to know, where are you? You've drifted, Adam. I'm asking a question. Some of you, God's asking you to not, hey, where are you? You used to be here. Where are you? And they had covered their self in self-righteousness of trying. They found some leaves, and God said, leaves will never work. He went and slain animals and covered them in skins that would work. Well, now the perfect sacrifice has been made. If you've drifted from God, He already knows. Tell Him. I feel like sometimes some of you should just ride in the car with me in my prayer time. I can tell you what it's not. It's not, oh, blessed Father of the cosmos, thou art the most wonderful blessing of all. It's Father, I love you. Abba, you're wonderful. Jesus, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you know what? Sometimes it's real. God, I have bitterness in my heart. I have anger in my heart. You've got to help me or I can't overcome this. You ever prayed, God, I just want to put my hands around their throat and shake them. I mean, I know none of y'all have ever prayed that before. That's okay. I've had to pray that before. And he shows up in the room and he just brings his love. I've never found him. Jesus said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world. Be honest with him. I've had to tell him sometimes, God, I've been so busy. I haven't prayed in two days. You're a preacher and you haven't prayed in two days? Yes. The morning started at like 5, and it went, It ended at like 9. I slept. I woke up again and did it again. There were a few times in my mind I told God I loved him, but that's about it. That's not prayer, by the way. I have to say, help me. I prayed coming in tonight. God, I want you to revive every person at seven miles prayer life. I'm talking about take them deeper. If they're already praying a good time, take them deeper in prayer. You're not praying if you're not interceding. Let me just throw that out there. That came to me. If you're not standing in the gap for our nation and for our president and for our leaders, and if you're not standing in the gap for even our city, you haven't really got into prayer yet. You just got a Santa Claus list. You're you're in the kiddie pool with God. Oh, there's a victorious place where you get with God, where you forget your little list of me, 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 and you begin to do some real warfare in prayer. You begin to stand in for our pastor and his wife and his family. It's glorious prayer. It's called intercession. You begin to stand in for the leaders of Gardendale and the members of Gardendale that are going to go to hell. You begin to stand in the gap. Oh, there's some prayer there. I'm asking God to take us back to the heart where we love Him so much, we love His people so much. Oh, He's here, people. He's here. He loves us. Take a second. Take a second as she sings. He's going to rekindle us. He's going to do it tonight. Hallelujah. He's going to do it. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, take us back.